Good afternoon, America, and welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. Thank you for joining us today. We have much to cover, and we're probably going back to history class. A lot to get into today. Uh, I hope we get to history class. Let's shoot for the third segment, shall we? Let's, um, I mean, we, we may have to get to it sooner. I don't know. You know how it tends to take me a while to get through history class. So, but first, there is interesting, it's not interesting, it's unfortunate. There is unfortunate news coming out of the, the APA. The APA is the American Psychiatric Association. And I am holding an article, uh, which is, uh, I guess, introducing, highlighting, uh, lamenting a, a new textbook on transgenderism uh, that is being published by the APA. It, it was written with the help of activists, uh, and it will be used to train psychiatrists in how to a how to properly affirm how to how to engage in gender affirming psych, psychiatric care that is its that it's its that is its purpose so the american psychiatric association apparently is coming up alongside the uh the the american academy of pediatrics and these two well founded uh organizations that are uh, you know, that are full of credibility, quote unquote. And they're interested in in promoting gender affirming care. The textbook signals early on that it's more subjective than objective, according to this article. Uh, quoting a feminist studies professor saying, the textbook says, quote, scientific neutrality is a fallacy. That is not objective. That is that is very subjective. Scientific neutrality is a fallacy. There's no such thing as being neutral in science. But when in fact that's what science is, you you know you're supposed to be neutral in science. You're supposed to have this hypothesis that you test then to to see if if your hypothesis is accurate. The scientific method, it's all about neutrality. Uh, but the, the textbook quotes a feminist studies professor who says scientific neutrality is a fallacy. The content has prompted some critics to question the textbook's reliance on a mix of transgender identifying professionals writing about their own experiences, limited scientific studies, and neo-Marxist critical theories. Uh, well, of course it is. I mean, this is the APA we're talking about. You better believe it's written from the the perspective of neo-Marxist critical theories with limited scientific studies. I mean, obviously they believe that scientific neutrality is a fallacy. So what kind of scientific studies I wonder they're citing in this textbook? Uh, Lauren Schwartz is a psychiatrist in Oklahoma who speaks out against the rush of transitioning children. She says this is a huge issue. Millions more kids will be harmed. But yeah, she's right. They will be harmed. 
The textbook's introduction says the book is based on an evidence-informed approach, an evidence-informed rather than an evidence-based. Evidence-informed. Hmm. Uh, and Lauren Schwartz says that um, evidence-based is more scientific. Uh, evidence-informed is less scientific. But of course, if the authors you don't believe that uh, scientific neutrality is a fallacy, then yeah, of course they're going to want to use an evidence-informed approach rather than an evidence-based approach. Uh, the article says, Mrs. Schwartz noted that the authors were chosen by prioritizing lived experience, diversity of perspectives, and community impact of prior work over academic titles. So the, the authors were not chosen because of their academic pedigree. They're not chosen because of their academic intellect. No, no. Instead, they were uh, chosen because of their perspective on diversity. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. We're going to take all the authors who who love diversity and who who believe that we need to press for diversity. Everything needs to be diverse. The problem is that the article continues. The problem is the textbook will be perceived as authoritative because it was printed by the APA's publishing arm, she said. Absolutely, it's going to be perceived as authoritative. When in fact, was it really written you know, by individuals that, that have a credible perspective? It sounds to me like it's written by individuals who have a, a prejudiced, biased perspective which is not a credible one. Alan Hopewell, a prescribing neuropsychologist in Texas who saw transgender-identifying patients decades ago, called the textbook disturbing. He said, this is nonsensical gibberish, which has no foundation whatsoever in science. No, it doesn't, because they don't want it to have a foundation in science. Because if they're, they're promoting transitioning children, there is no foundation in science. A absolutely not. The book forward, and this is where it really gets uh, unfortunate. The book forward says that most of the contributing authors recognize they are, quote, obscenely privileged, end quote. And how are they obscenely privileged? You might ask, well, they're obscenely privileged as English-speaking doctors with access to elite schools. It makes them so privileged. Right? They, they don't deserve to have the things they have. I mean, they probably don't even deserve to be writing a textbook. It asserts that the psychiatric field was built on the work of European, white, cisgender men including their colonial, Anglo-centric, cis, heteropatriarchal worldview and pathologization of experiences that did not fit their own norm. Holy cow, that is a mouthful. The psychiatric field. So it's the field these people are a part of, by the way. It was built on the work of European, white, cisgender men. Why, Freud was white. He was European. And he was a straight male. 
the psychiatric field also not only is it built on the work of European white cisgender men, uh, it included their colonial Anglo-centric cis heteropatriarchal. I, I can't. I just. All right. So yeah, we're talking about white men from Europe who who like women, and also their you know colonial fathers. Uh, who had a worldview that, um, you know, believed men were in charge and, uh, you know, therefore men were in charge. Okay, all that's true. The colonial period, the men were in charge. Uh, you know, we don't live in the colonial period anymore. You know, we don't. And it's, you know, the world isn't run just by men anymore. The world isn't run just by white men anymore. Yeah, I mean, can't we just get with the times and just move forward? Why do we have to tear down everything? Because, you know, white men built it. Just because, uh, uh, just because a white man built it doesn't mean that you have to tear it down. Of course, it does, though, because uh, it, you know you have to. You, you you have to balance things out, and since white men built it, you know it's got to be torn down. And their their assertion is white men built the the field of psychiatry, and therefore the field has to just be completely destroyed. And and we have to write a textbook now that uh, creates gender affirming psychiatric care, because that's really what we need in the world. We need to affirm young people who 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 feel confused. And uh, who, who who think they're the opposite gender? That's what we need to do. We need to affirm them. Now I know I know some of you because I've heard from you. When I go into that voice, it, you think I'm making fun of these kids who um, who are confused. I'm not making fun of the kids who are confused. I am upset at the people who are confusing them. My, my my angst and and my frustration is not at the not at the young people who are going through these struggles of confusion. And I'm not doubting their struggles of confusion. Their struggles are very real. Uh, I'm upset at the people that are are preying on on the inconsistencies of thought amongst the youth. Mm -hmm. I mean, let, let's let's call it for what it is. Young people have a very uh, inconsistent thought pattern. I mean, one day you know they're up, one day they're down, one day they're here, one day they're there, one day they feel this way, one day they feel that way, because they're young people. They're trying to figure out life, and then you have adults who are steering them down a detrimental path of doom. Who will tell them? Oh, you're, you're feeling this way probably because Johnny, you're actually Janie. God made a mistake when He created you. You know, it's God's fault. And the only way you can make you know fix God's mistake is to well, is to be the other gender. You know, that's the problem here. The problem is adults that have it in their in their heart, have an evil intent in their heart to misdirect these kids. And this, this textbook here is the problem. It's, it's part of the problem. This article continues. For millennia, 
Outside of European colonial influences, gender diversity has flourished to varying degrees among hundreds of indigenous communities around the world. Uh, I wonder what they mean by gender diversity flourishing to various degrees. Uh, that there have been men and women that have flourished to various degrees. Okay. I mean, that has happened uh, for millennia, even in European colonial influence. Men and women have uh, flourished to varying degrees. Is that what they're talking about? Or when they say gender diversity, are they talking about, you know, 157 genders? Yeah, because, you know, that's not the case. Uh, no, the, the, that's not the, the case is there's only two genders. And for millennial, the, the two genders have flourished to varying degrees in and out of European colonial influence. That's uh, okay. Uh, I mean, I'm on board with that. The textbook describes heterosexuals as cisgender people who are part of a cultural and systemic marginalization of LGBT people who don't align with societal norms. So it's those evil heterosexuals, those evil men who like women, and those evil women who like men, they're the problem. They are, uh, they are creating a culture that wants to marginalize homosexuals. That's all they're doing, That's the, and they're evil for it. And by golly, we're going to create this, this, this counseling pattern that teaches young people that uh, that heterosexualism is evil. I mean, tell me I'm wrong. Somebody out there, tell me I'm wrong. You know, because we have counselors in public schools that are are doing this very thing. They're doing exactly what the APA is telling them to do. I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago where there's these two school counseling organizations and they are promoting the school counselors, you know, advising them, encouraging them to push uh, this gender-affirming care. I mean, it's it's happening in, in your public schools. It might even be happening in your very own public school. And if your kids are in a public school, by golly, I'm checking into it. If I'm you, I'm checking into it. Number one. Number two, if your kids are in a public school, by golly, I'm doing what, anything I can do to get them out. I am. To prove the point, back to the article. To prove the point, the authors object to the idea that only women can have... Oh, man. you got to be. Okay. The authors of this textbook, published by the American Psychiatric Association, the authors object to the idea that only women can have babies. All right, we cannot take this as a serious publication. Can't, can't do it. When, when you're, <laughs> you're supposed to be a scientific organization. You're, you're a scientific organization who no longer believes in science. And clearly you no longer believe in biology if you are objecting to the idea that only women can have babies. Um, heaven help all of us. For example, the article continues. For example, naming an obstet... Uh, I, can't, I can't even... 
naming an obstetrics and gynecology practice a woman's health center is cisnormative. It's just normalizing straight people. That's all it is. It's cisnormative. It's going to normalize all the heterosexuality out there because it assumes the practice will only serve patients with one gender. That's in the foreword of the textbook. (laughs) It's in the foreword of the scientific publication published by the APA, the, the vaunted American Psychiatric Association, which... Uh, in my opinion, it has lost all, all, all credibility, 100% of their credibility. They're going to publish this. They're, they're going to publish this, this quote-unquote scientific textbook, and they're going to pass it off as truth. It's full of lies. It is um, Dallas attorney. You know what? I'm up against the break. I, I can't keep reading this. Unfortunately, time will not allow. And the the American Psychiatric Association ought to be ashamed of itself that it would publish a textbook uh, intent on training psychiatrists to uh, in 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 what they call gender affirming psychiatric care. All they're going to do is destroy young people. That's it. But we are here to shine a light of truth on it, and we will continue to do so on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Lean, pure, with premium ingredients, Global Healing's Pure Plant Protein offers 20 grams of protein per scoop And it's a perfect way to maintain and build lean muscle while indulging yourself. It combines enzymes and probiotics to maximize nutrient absorption, improving digestion, and your gut health. Available in vanilla and chocolate flavors, elevate your protein consumption while supporting your overall wellness with pure plant protein. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD, Global Healing giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Welcome back to The Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. America Out Loud is part of the rise in the new media. 
It is where smart people go to get their news and information. So congratulations on being one of the smart ones. We are happy to have you on board. Today we're talking through this article, which it's, you know, it's unfortunate. Uh, It's describing a new textbook on transgenderism. Uh, It's published by the APA, American Psychiatric Association. And it's it's touting itself as a gender-affirming psychiatric care textbook. The authors uh, are upset with themselves because they are obscenely privileged. They're angry with themselves because they've attended all the best schools, or so they say, as being English-speaking individuals. They've had access to, quote, all the elite universities. And they're, you know, and, and they're... They're mad at themselves for, for for doing that. They're mad at themselves for living in the freest country on the planet. And they're mad at the country because the country is the freest country on the planet. The country shouldn't allow uh, this. They, they, they should not allow people to have access to such, such freedoms, uh, you know, because the country was founded on, on – uh, uh, on a philosophy of old white men, yes, oh, old, old European, uh, Anglo, whatever <laughs> men who are old and white, they they built this country. They built a field of psyche of of, of of psychiatry. So, you know, we then should tear it all down. Let's just tear it down, and we're going to start by writing this textbook, which will affirm. Uh, gender-affirming psychiatric care. Dallas attorney Ron Miller agreed that a textbook affirming gender transitioning could lead to the harming of millions of children through sterilization and side effects from hormones hormones, and surgery. Uh, Attorney Ron Miller, you are 100% correct. That's what's going to happen here. This this textbook uh, in training new and upcoming psychiatrists. It's going to destroy their way of thinking, and it's also going to destroy kids. It's going to destroy their lives. And that's what's so frustrating about this. But we're 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 talking about it. And that's that's part of the that's part of what we have to do. We have to get the news out there. People have to be aware of what's happening to the field of psychiatry. It's being destroyed and not because it was founded by European white men. Mm-mm. It's it's being destroyed by the left and by Marxists because the left and and Marxism destroys everything it touches. It just just wipes it wipes it out. The article continues. Ron Miller started a boutique law firm to represent detransitioners who no longer identify as the opposite of their birth sex. His clients are suing doctors who prescribed hormones and surgery for gender dysphoria. Like Ms. Schwartz, he told the Epic Times, this article, by the way, is from the Epic Times. He told the Epic Times that he sees danger ahead if the textbook is universally adopted. Mr. Miller pointed to the American Academy of Pediatrics, which came out with guidance on gender-affirming care for children in 2018. And, you know, we, we talked about that. We, you know, and I said it at the onset here. The two, the two uh, vaunted associations are are walking and 
arm in arm, lockstep here. Uh, Mr. Miller says, we're already in a world where thousands of kids are at risk of this ideology. Uh, and he's right. Thousands of them. Hundreds of thousands of them. Uh, and, and mostly because they attend public schools. And we have counselors coming out of these organizations that are going into public schools that are affirming these young people. And, and when the opposite should be happening, these young people should not be affirmed. They, they need to be, mm, I mean, I, obviously they have issues. There are things that are troubling them. There are things that are bothering them. And it's it's the it's the root of what's troubling them and bothering them and what's creating depression and anxiety. It's that root that needs to be dealt with. And these counselors aren't dealing with the root. They're just they're 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 making the problem worse. That's what they're doing. According to the group's website, the organization supports the affirmation model. Okay, he's he's back here to the American Academy of Pediatrics. Back to the article. And he's talking about their website supporting the affirmation model. The guidance, quote, aims to help pediatricians and parents navigate health concerns of gender diverse youth while advocating for ways to eliminate discrimination and stigma. Now, that's the point. That the, those last two words, we have to eliminate discrimination. We have to eliminate the stigma of 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 being transgender we have to eliminate the stigma of being a boy and wanting to dress up like a girl we have to eliminate the stigma that this is a mental disorder when in fact it's not a mental disorder mm. Mm -mm -mm. it is it's a mental disorder for a, a boy who wants to dress up like a girl I, I, look, I'm not making fun of Johnny if he wants to dress up like a girl. All right. I, I, I'm not making fun of him. I'm saying he's got a mental disorder and, and he needs some help. He doesn't need to be affirmed and told he's a girl because that's a lie. He's not a girl. He's a boy. And and there's some issues happening in there mentally. And, and the root of those issues must be dealt with. And you have the American Academy of Pediatrics alongside the American Psychiatric Association that are hell-bent on lying to these kids and affirming their uh, their mental disorder when, in fact, they should be helping them. Mm. I, mm. Advocating for ways to eliminate discrimination and stigma. What a joke. The article continues. The APA is one of the largest nonprofit publishers of psychological science in the world, giving the new book an air of legitimacy in professional circles. Yeah, it's going to have an air of legitimacy. You better believe it. Published by the APA. The Professional Psychological Organization says it's made up of 146,000 researchers, educators, clinicians, consultants, and students of psychiatry in the United States. Well, then I wonder what, what percentage of the 146,000 are behind this. I mean, there's got to be, please don't tell me it's all of them. Do not. Mm -mm. Uh, these standards end up trickling down even into elementary schools where school counselors could affirm millions of children 
Mr. Miller said. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to trickle down. That's their point. They want it to trickle down. That's why they're telling these school counselors, go after it. Affirm everybody. Affirm them all. Let the affirmation begin. The chapter go. Mm, no, you. Mm -mm. The, mm, all right. The text goes on to assert that puberty blockers, quote, have been used safely in children of all genders. Well, we know that's a lie. We know that is an outright lie because of the myriad of lawsuits that are now starting to surface where detransitioners are, are talking about the physical detrimental, the detrimental harm the puberty blockers have caused on them. I mean, we've, we've cataloged it here on the show, uh, how it's decreased bone density, how it's, um, you know, creating hair growth literally everywhere. Um, they've been used safely in children of all genders to pause early onset puberty and to treat prostate cancer in adults. It also claims that pubertal suppression is fully reversible. Mm. The idea that there are no consequences for puberty blockers is the opposite of everything coming out of Europe. Ms. Schwartz said. Mr. Hopewell added, that's the lie that they are promoting all across the country. Yeah, that's the lie, absolutely. Yeah, and they're, they're promoting it, I mean, across the world, really. Hopewell contended that puberty blockers can affect bone growth and brain development in adolescence, noting that the brain controls hormones. Uh, I wish that the uh, APA would note that. I wish that the the scientists and the uh, you know American Psychiatric Association would note that hormone drugs such as Lupron, which suppresses testosterone production, also must be managed carefully. But the textbook said gender affirming hormones appear to be quote overwhelmingly safe and linked with positive outcomes. Uh, yep, tell that to the detransitioners who have lost bone mass. Tell that to them. Mm -hmm. Proponents of transitioning children to their preferred sex say it makes them less likely to commit suicide and improves their mental health. That is a lie. It does not make them less likely to commit suicide. It does not improve their mental health because you're not getting to the root cause of the issue of their mental health. The textbook noted that evidence on cardiovascular risk associated with cross-sex hormones is mixed. Is it now? However, a new Danish study reinforces medical evidence that transgender-identifying people taking cross-sex hormones dramatically increases their chances of developing heart disease. Mm. <laughs> but don't tell the APA that. No, because they're going to tell you cardiovascular risk is mixed. Mm -mm. Uh -uh. The, 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 the risk of, of cardiovascular disease associated with cross-sex hormones, eh, there isn't really factual data. Listen to us. We, we know. We know all. Well, they lie right between their teeth. Published in the European Journal of Endocrinology in August, 
the Danish study included 2,671 transgender-identifying people in their early to mid-20s who all took cross-sex hormones in Denmark. The study showed that the risk of developing heart disease for males and females taking cross-sex hormones was significantly higher than those in the control group. Um, yeah, so, all right, I, I, I just, I can't keep going here. The American Psychiatric Association, at least in regard to, to this brand new textbook that will instruct uh, new psychiatrists on how gender-affirming psychiatric care should be performed. This, uh, in relation to this textbook, the, the APA is now engaging in full throttle, full-on lies, whatever they can do to uh, thwart the, the minds of, of children, and they're going to do it whatever they can do to literally destroy the future of this country, they're going to do it all in the name of, of diversity. You, you know, because we don't have enough of, we don't have enough boys in the world who want to be girls. There's just not enough. So we got to have more that we, we have to, to, to diversify. We, there's not enough girls in the world who want to be boys. There's gotta be, more. We, we need more. We must diversify. Therefore, we must get these counselors in high schools and we must get them on this track to make sure these kids are. Doesn't that just sound preposterous? Doesn't that just sound to you outlandish? Oh, Dean, that's not happening. There is no way you've got, you know, people in a room sitting around saying we need, you know, we don't have enough boys who want to be girls in this world. Uh, I mean, uh, all right. It does sound outlandish, but yeah. Uh, you know, what else is happening? Why the push? Why the why the push? Ultimately, Marxism wants to destroy the country. It does. You know, that's that's the goal of Marxism. It just wants to wipe it out, wants to wipe out our history, wants to um Wants to wipe out our, our way of thinking. Wants to wipe out our, our values. Uh, fundamental philosophies that that built this country. Oh, they were, you know, this country was built by old white men who had a colonial way of thinking. What, I mean, the language that this, that the authors use here. Uh, colonial Anglo-centric cis hetero patriarchal worldview and pathologization of experience. Uh, you know, we're going to throw out these super large words that, you know, make people think we know what we're talking about. You know, when in fact, it only means that we hate the founding fathers. We hate them for what they stood for. We hate them because they were men. We hate them because they were white. We hate them because they believed in religion and they believed in morality. And therefore, it's all got to go. It's all got to burn, every single last bit of it. And boys need to know they can be girls. Girls need to know they can be boys. And 
you know, and it, it, having an OBGYN clinic that that announces that they're there for for the health of women is a lie because they're they're saying that only women can can give birth, and we know that's not true. We know men can be can give birth because there are some women who feel like men, and therefore men can give birth. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, yet there are those of us who realize the emperor has no clothes on. The emperor is stark naked. You know, he's just parading around. And there's a bunch of people telling him how great his new clothes are. Uh, when in fact, he knows he doesn't have new clothes on. Everybody knows it. Well, we're going to shout it from the rooftops here. We are going to shout it from the rooftops that this, uh, it, you know, this this whole idea is asinine. It's ridiculous. It, um and this is why we go to history class. This is why we have to go back to history class. On this show, we are going to go to history class regularly. Matter of fact, in the next segment, we're going to history class. Today's December 4th. There was there's some 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 things that took place on December 4th that we need to revisit. And we're going to revisit it in conjunction to the craziness that the progressive Marxist left uh is attempting to um to promote yeah we're going to do it in conjunction with that i shouldn't say in conjunction with i should say diametrically opposed to that would be the proper way to term it and we want to be proper correct we want to term things properly all right let's pick it up on the other side of this break history class you're listening to the dean's list on america out loud talk radio With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news. Liberty and justice for all. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix Rx. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix Rx is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. 
back to The Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen, and we're about to dive into history class. But before we do, I need to say three things. Number one, uh, have you gone to americaoutloud.shop and used coupon code OUTLOUD25 for 25% off when you buy the Kofex nasal and throat spray? I don't know why I'm asking that as a question, because I, I, obviously I can't hear your, your answer, but... I, I implore you to do it. Make it part of your uh, flu season fighting regimen. Matter of fact, I took a box to school last week, took it to the office, dropped it off. Uh, we were <laughs> we had uh, we had run out of our last shipment, and I just want to make sure the staff have it. Matter of fact, if there are any any Waterbrook Christian Academy staff listening, and you are not aware that there's Cofix nasal and throat spray in the office, now you know. Go help yourself to it. That's number one. Number two, I want to thank those of you who who donated to Waterbrook Christian uh, last week during Giving Tuesday. Thank you for doing that. Uh, if you want an organization to to donate money to, if you're just you know, uh, I'm sure many in this audience are givers because that's that's Americans. Americans give. Um, I mean, obviously, we have a day devoted to it called Giving Tuesday. We're just, you know, we want to give to causes that we that we get behind and that we support. And if you want to support education and you want to support raising a generation of kids that are not trained in this garbage, uh, it, you know, feel free to visit waterbrookca.org and then you can you know look at the support tab. There on that, you know, look right there on the main page. You'll you'll see the tabs. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, thank you for doing that. Those of you that that donated during Giving Tuesday, thank you for that. The third thing, before we dive into history class, is that, uh, you know, this this textbook, you know, that we covered in the first two segments, it just makes me mad. It it does my. My BA is in psychology. Uh, I love the field. You know, it was my intent to go into, uh, you know, psychological and or psychiatric care. I mean, I I intended on, you know, furthering down that path originally. You know, once I got into it, I had some different ideas and uh, and now I'm here. You know, but I personally love the field. It's this whole idea of helping people, of, of giving people help through through counsel, through through wise, caring counselors that, that can help people to better their lives. I mean, that's the that's the point of the field. You know, but you've got people in the field now that are no longer directed in, in that path. They're no longer interested in helping people get through their problems. No, they want to make the problems worse by lying to them and telling them, especially young people, the problem isn't what you think it is. The problem is that you're a boy and you're actually trying to be a girl. And that's a lie. And that makes me mad. It just, mm, it makes me angry. And I, you know, I hope it makes you equally angry. I hope it just ticks you off. All right, I'm holding this article. Now we're going to dive into history class here, okay? 
what should I start with first, the article or? I'm going to start with the article. Uh, this is a couple of months ago. It's from August. And the article is entitled, Virginia College Removes Names of Revolutionary War Era Figures Because They Want to Be, quote, more inclusive. We need to be more inclusive by getting rid of, well, the, the names of people who, who signed our declaration. Why? Well, I mean, they were white men. They were they were straight white men. They were heterosexual white men who loved women. We can't have that, now can we? Hmm. A Virginia college has continued to erase revolutionary war, revolutionary war era figures from campus to be more inclusive, including a signer of the Declaration of Independence. Virginia Peninsula Community College announced this week, again, this is back in August, that it would change the names of two halls, one named for founding father George Wythe and the other for Dr. Corbin Griffin who served as a surgeon for Virginia Patriot soldiers. Virginia Peninsula Community College is renaming Griffin and Wythe Halls, which are connected and function as one building to Kekoten Hall. The name is a tribute to the Kekoten tribe, the early settlers of the land where VPCC's Hampton campus is located, the college announced on its website. According to school officials Stephen Felker, the process of changing over the signs will be gradual. The school had formed a naming task, a naming task force, and gathered feedback from faculty, student government, and others on the proposed changes. We want to be more inclusive. It's just not inclusive enough by having our halls named after founding fathers. George Wythe who lived from 1726 to 1806, had a storied career in Virginia. As a law professor, he taught luminaries like Thomas Jefferson, Henry Clay, and John Marshall. In the years leading up to America's War for Independence, he served as a delegate to the Virginia House of Burgess, where he openly opposed the Stamp Act. During the war, he was a member of the Continental Congress and signed the Declaration of Independence. He later attended the Constitutional Convention in 1787 and was influential in pioneering the field of constitutional law. Like many founding fathers, Wythe had a complicated relationship with slavery. Don't you love how they, uh, how they, how they termed that? It's a complicated relationship. Instead of telling us the truth, all right, they say he had a complicated relationship with slavery. Although he owned slaves, he was recognized as an early proponent of abolition and worked throughout his life to free them. As a judge in Virginia, he ruled in favor of freeing slaves during an internal family dispute over the will of a Quaker landowner although he owns them. You know, in Virginia, even if you no longer wanted to own them, even if you inherited them and you no longer wanted to own them, you could not set them free. It was against the law. We've talked about this here, and we know why, because Virginia was a royal colony, and the king said no. What the king said in Virginia is what stood in Virginia. 
you know, he didn't have a complicated relationship. Yes, he owned them, but but by law he couldn't have it any other way. But he worked throughout his life to free them. Uh, VPCC, the uh, Virginia Peninsula Community College, was previously named Thomas Nelson Community College. Nelson was another Revolutionary War hero and signer of the Declaration of Independence. His name was removed as the name of the college, so the college could be more, quote, welcoming, inclusive, and representative of our unique region, according to school president Tuwana Porter Brannan. Nelson was a member of the First Continental Congress in 76 and 79, led Virginia forces against the British from 77 to 81, and was governor of Virginia. But you know what? We have to be more inclusive. Our college can't be named after this old white man who, who signed the Declaration of Independence. I mean, wouldn't you count that as an honor for your school to be named after a signer of the Declaration of Independence and also uh, a, a member of the very first Continental Congress and a governor of the state? Mm-mm. No, no, uh-uh. Today's December 4th. And uh, on December 4th in 1783, General George Washington bid his officers farewell for the very last time at Francis Tavern in New York City. Uh, this... Uh, this event is what this college in Virginia should be celebrating instead of, you know, changing their, their name from revolutionary heroes to, you know, the, what are they called now? The Virginia Peninsula Community College. What a downgrade. You were once called the Thomas Nelson Community College. Thomas Nelson, a signer of the Declaration of Independence. And now you're called the Virginia Peninsula? So on December 4th, 1783, Washington, you know, sends out a notice to his officers and he says, gentlemen, uh, meet me at the Francis Tavern. We're going to have a little toast. And we don't have any notation of what was said other than what Benjamin Talmadge writes in his memoirs. Benjamin Talmadge was, um, well, he was close to Washington. He was at one point in charge of Washington's personal correspondence. Uh, Washington pegged Talmadge to be in charge of of the spy ring, the culprit spy ring. Uh, I mean, there's some... Ah, that's such a wonderful story. Maybe one day in history class we'll just talk about that because that's just good stuff. So we we, we only know of this event uh, on December 4th where, where Washington gives a farewell to his officers because of Talmadge. So I've pulled up Talmadge's diary here, his, his memoir, and it's uh, I'm going to read a little bit of it. The time now drew near when the commander-in-chief intended to leave this part of the country for his beloved retreat at Mount Vernon. 
On Tuesday, the 4th of December, it was made known to the officers that in New York, General Washington intended to commence his journey on that day. At 12 o'clock, the officers repaired to Francis Tavern in Pearl Street, where General Washington had appointed to meet them and to take his final leave of them. We had been assembled but a few moments when His Excellency entered the room. His emotion, too strong to be concealed, seemed to be reciprocated by every officer present. After partaking of a slight refreshment and almost breathless silence, the general filled his glass with wine, and turning to the officers, he said, With a heart full of love and gratitude, I now take leave of you. I most devoutly wish that your latter days may be as prosperous and happy as your former ones have been glorious and honorable. After the officers had taken a glass of wine, General Washington said, I cannot come to each of you, but shall feel obliged if each of you will come and take me by the hand. General Knox, being nearest to him, turned to the commander-in-chief, who suffused in, who suffused in tears was incapable of utterance, but grasped his hand. When they embraced each other in silence, in the same affectionate manner, every other officer in the room marched up, kissed, and parted with his general-in-chief. Such a sense of sorrow and weeping I had never before witnessed, and hope I may never be called upon to witness again. It was indeed too affecting to be of long continuance for tears of deep sensibility filled every eye, and the heart seemed so full that it was ready to burst from its, from its wanted abode. Not a word was uttered to break the solemn silence that prevailed, or to interrupt the tenderness of the interesting scene. The simple thought that we were then about to part from the man who had conducted us through a long and bloody war and under whose conduct the glory and independence of our country had been achieved, and that we should see his face no more in this world, seemed to me utterly insupportable. But the time of separation had come, and waving his hand to his grieving children around him, he left the room, and passing through a corps of light infantry who were paraded to receive him, he walked silently on to Whitehall, where a barge was in waiting, we all followed in mournful silence to the wharf, where a prodigious crowd had assembled to witness the departure of the man who, under God, had been the great agent in establishing the glory and independence of these United States. As soon as he was seated, the barge put off into the river, and when out in the stream, our great and beloved general waved his hat and bid us a silent adieu. And then... The memoir, uh, you know, wraps up with with some other comments, but just that that scene, um, Talmadge describing that final scene and showing the love that not only Washington had for his officers, but the love that his officers had in in return. And, you know, listening, reading Talmadge's words, he just, um, you know, he describes uh, Washington as the man uh, under who would conduct the glory and independence of our country. Uh, just 
not only the love for Washington, but the love for America. This is what I wish was was expressed in, in history classes all over the country. That these men that fought for freedom, and yes, the freedom for everybody, and maybe not everybody was made free in that moment, but they fought for the freedom of everybody because they believed in freedom. They believed in this country, and they they believed in its children. They, they, they believed in the future of this country. All of them did. And they they bled on, on, on battlefields for it because they believed in it. And the same experience during the Civil War, bled and died on battlefields because they believed in the freedom that the Declaration and the Constitution provided. And that should, my friends, that should be the theme of history classes all over the country. It should be the theme all over the country. But instead, you know, in the name of diversity, we need to get rid of, of their names from our colleges. We can't have the, the names of the founders who signed the declaration on our colleges. Heaven forbid. No. Instead, we must remove their names and we must tell the little boys they can be girls and the little girls they can be boys. All right. Not going to happen here. Not going to happen. We will go to history class every day if we have to. But we're up against it. That's all the time we have for today, America. Thank you for joining me. Encourage your friends and family to get on the business. Let's unite to renovate the age.